Welcome to the Monthly Trainwreck, a show entirely based upon anonymity. We only go by alias names, so our professional lives may never cross. Recorded in our top secret headquarters, this episode, we sit down with the NRW Breakthrough Wrestling Champion, Glam God. We discuss the life of a wrestler, the wrestling industry, and the future plans of the Glam God. So climb aboard the train wreck as we dive into the world of wrestling. This episode is brought to you by our sponsors, Great Lakes Distillery from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and Natural Solutions by Nicole. You can find their links on our website, monthlytrainwreck.com, under the headline, Friends of the Show. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to sit back, relax, and climb all aboard! Oh, we're we're gold, baby. We we're have gold. Oh, there we go. Oh yeah. Can you feel it? Fired up. Welcome, train wreckers, to another episode of the monthly train wreck. We have a fantastic show for you this month. But before we get to our guest, there's our mascot there. in the background. There you can is. hear. I just want to say. Trainwreck, it's great to see you all. It's been way too long since we've Lost. done this. And where are we broadcasting from? Podcast headquarters here in Sitka, Sitka Alaska. Alaska. For our listeners out there, we've been on a little bit of a hiatus due to... Uh, you know, uh, you going to jail, breeding <laughs> pandas in your basement, that's not a hiatus. That's actually a felony. Well, I paid my fine and they let me out. So introduced. Um, Uber law. Yeah. Coming up, though, if we go on another long hiatus... For our listeners out there, we we actually bagged a couple shows a long time ago that we never put out. So maybe I'll put out a couple in the future where, I don't know if you guys recall, our first guest escaped a cult. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Wait, we still have that in the can We somewhere? still have that in the can. Wow. But it, it was it was kind of a strange interview, so we never put it out because we never we actually never finished, finished it. We never finished it. it. We need to part two. It was yeah. way too long of a story. That, that's, yeah. a, that's a series. That's right. a podcast yeah. series. Right. And he came back, and we ended in the exact same spot the second time. So, you know. Cobble it together. Yeah. So, Maybe uh, we need to get together and listen to the first one so we know where to start the second one. Yeah. But that's been so long. But that's why it's recorded, so we can listen to it. Again, this segment brought to you by scintillating commentary by the train wreckers. The great thing about podcasts is pieces can be edited out. Speaking of which, today's show is brought to you by Great Lakes Distillery out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and our good friend Nicole at Natural Solutions. Natural by Solutions by Nicole. Thank you, uh, Mr. Kramer. Kramer's now Kramer. a field rep. Yeah. He's wearing all manner of ointments and salves. Well, and I needed some work with the podcast being on hiatus, so Nicole took me. Oh, and now well, he's got the softest hands in I the do. business. Soft, soft hands, soft. smells great. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's that body soap and yep. lotion, mm-hmm. which our guest will be uh, getting a gift bag on the way out today. So mm-hmm. we'll have a, the best smelling guest in Sitka, Alaska. So. What we want to be known for. <laughs> and now it's time to introduce our guest. Oh, with official licensed music. No. Give it up. <laughs> The NRW Breakthrough Champion, Glam Guy! It is a pleasure to be in, where are we, Nome, Alaska? Sitka. 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 I know. Thank you for flying in. Thank you. Thank you. We'll we'll give you some uh, some salmon on the way out. Oh, delicious. (laughs) So every show we always start with the uh, famous first question. All right. I'm ready for it. And Glam got it. I'm going to just call you Double G for the uh, the show. That sounds good. All right. 
famous first question to you is, if you could have one of these living legends as your tag team partner, okay, which one of these would it be? Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> well, that guarantees a win. <laughs> Hulk Hogan. Okay. Ric Flair. Undertaker. Or Brett the Hitman Hart. I'd have to say Ric Flair. Rick. Rick Flair. Why Rick? Why? Why Rick? Because of the flamboyance. He's a pretty damn good wrestler, too. You can't lose with Ric Flair. I mean, the NWA put money on him for almost 30 years. That means you're going over. It would be hard to work with the Hulkster brother. It just doesn't work for me. He's not yeah. a tag team guy. No, he's not. He's Brett the Hitman Hart was an excellent tag team guy. I yeah. love Brett, but it's just there's something about Flair. How would you characterize your wrestling style and approach? Uh, I would say technical, similar to Bret Hart, but a lot more showmanship like Ric Flair. I can see that. Uh, for the listeners out there, Glam God came in full makeup and the boa and he The told Glam me- God, darling, single as a Pringle and ready to get your mouth salty. Oh, <laughs> single and looking to mingle. He is uh, decked out in, uh, if I could describe, turquoise and pink, the face paint, the hair is touched with uh, a subtle accent of the turquoise and pink, and it is majestic. How do you, I want to know, how do you get this look? What inspired you? That is quite a story, okay. actually. Please. You want me to start? Right start from yeah, the beginning. Absolutely. That's why we're here. Should we do this first? Oh, Please. before we get into, you know what? We're going to cheers because the uh, famous first shot sponsored by Great Lakes Distillery mm, to get us all going yeah. for the show. And what are we drinking? Oh, the, the cherry liqueur today. It does taste good with the coffee, too. Yeah. Afterwards. yeah. yeah. Oh, there you go. A little chaser. Yeah. I should have yep. done a mixer. It was really good. Yeah. Well, no, we got the whole bottle <laughs> here. So, Glam got to tell us a little bit about how you how you came to this look. For the, from the gimmick? From the gimmick. So... I, of course, was a big, we call him Marks, like wrestling fan. I was a big Mark for uh, WWE all through the 80s, 90s. And I actually started with backyard wrestling. Wait, wait, wait. What's a Mark? I don't know what a, when you say. Okay. A fan. Feel, feel free to interrupt me. a fan? Me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I just want to make sure. No, feel free to interrupt me because I am going to talk to you guys like I talk to the boys. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, and the boys is a broad term. It's the guys and girls backstage. Got it. Wrestling. So I was a Mark my whole life. Hulk Hogan, actually, when I was a little kid, you get older and it turned into Macho Man, Randy Savage, Shawn Michaels. And just through sheer blind luck, I ran into the Ganyas, who used to run AWA. And it was, of course, after they sold to Vince, so they were trying to do like the indie thing again. So from AAW, Jim Ganya and Greg Ganya trained me as a pro wrestler, just through blind, sheer luck running into it. Because they thought I had a look. You know, I was like a little pretty boy back in the late 90s. And you're still adorable. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> no, wait, what was the age that you were at when you started this? 20. 20, okay. Yep, 20. 1999 is when I got trained and then... It wasn't until 2000 I had my first match because I was trained very old school. It wasn't anything like na- like nowadays that you'll see on The Wrestler or on, you know, backstage stuff with WWE where they take you to this beautiful facility, you know, and there's trainers and there's workout equipment. No, like it was like a dungeon, like a basement and this ratty ass ring that you thought you were going to get like hep C from by just like standing <laughs> in it. And they pulled me and punched me and stretched me for months Stretching is where they actually put the, the holds on you for real. And does it take a whole year to be match ready? There's no definitive timeline. It's when your trainer feels you're able to work. So there's a difference between having a match and working. But that's getting a little bit ahead of myself. So I did the wrestling part-time when I met my daughter, who's friends with 
Kramer. Kramer. Kramer's daughter. Oh, kayfabe. Sorry, did I like... No, you're I'm good. not supposed you're to say first. <laughs> so kayfabe is another term. That yeah. means I said something that I shouldn't have said in the general public. And you tell me kayfabe. Mm-hmm. Like if you were a good guy, I'm a bad guy. We're obviously you know, friendly, but if we're out at the supermarket and you start saying, Hey, how's Tori? I'd say, Hey, kayfabe, bro. That's a, breaking. That, somebody could see through the, the illusion. Wall yeah. Or, yeah. Right, yeah. Got it. Yeah. But would you respond if there was nobody around? Oh yeah. So it's only if, if you're in the, the spotlight Public, where someone, yeah. that someone can see this. Yeah. He'd respond with a figure four leg lock. <laughs> <laughs> right I've, seen, I've seen his finishing move. I don't want to get hit with that thing. <laughs> the, uh, what, what was it called? The, the rocker dropper, the famous, sir. Yep. The famous, sir. Well, originally, though, it was called The Rocker Dropper, yeah, with Marty Jannetty. And then Billy Gunn took it over. Billy Gunn, badass Billy Gunn. And that's how it became the Famouser, because he made it super, like, pop. Yes. And this is why it's called the train wreck. So you're with the Ganyas, and they're... (laughs) No, this is cool. This is Training you, and they come to you at some point and say, I think you're ready to work. Yes. And my first match was abysmal. That's not a character you wrestled. That's actually just an emotional state of existence. (laughs) Because I didn't know how to work at the time. You know, I was too preoccupied with how cool I looked in the ring, you know, second guessing yourself. And pro wrestling is especially an industry where if you second guess yourself at all, somebody's going to get hurt. So, uh, yeah, I wrestled an older guy by the name of Hannibal and he chopped the living shit out of me. Like my skin on my chest broke open. Oh, you know, like yeah. from blood. Yeah. Uh, I've had those arguments with people that are like, oh, the whole wrestling thing is fake. But I'm like, no. It's scripted. There's a difference. People are really getting injured on a, to whatever oh, degree yeah. you have to do yeah. that contact to sell it, to generate what? Heat. And so this is, this is impressive. They're yeah. not, yeah. I mean, they're not pile driving someone and putting their spine into the mat. They're, when he talks about being technically adept, that means the ability to convince someone that you're executing these moves while keeping the partner safe. That's really paramount, correct? Yeah, the whole point is to make money without hurting each other. But the strength that's needed to actually perform these different acrobatic moves. 100%. And like, I, you can't, you that's can't. athletic. It's well, complete athletic. legitimately hurts. Well, I mean, those it's acrobatics, not... that's especially like you just pull the fucking trigger. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to do a moonsault, which is the, you stand on the the top rope and do mm-hmm. the backflip. Yep. Mm. If you hesitate at all, you're going to miss your mark. And you can break mm. your neck for yeah. real. Or someone else's. Right. Yeah. Right. And there has been people that have been permanently injured from these moves. Oh, yeah. There's a famous, uh, and it's it's just a crazy move. Uh, Darren Drozdov was paralyzed from the neck down in the late 90s by a really good wrestler named D'Lo. D'Lo Brown. I don't know if you ever heard of him. I remember yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. I remember Big him. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, it was yeah. A freak... He did this thing with his head. When yes. He that's D'Lo. But yeah. it was a freak accident. It was just a normal power bomb and draws landed wrong. Ugh. It was on a live raw too. So when you say he landed wrong, was there something one of them was supposed to do differently to prevent that injury? Yeah. Not break their neck. That yeah. would have been key. <laughs> it's critical. It's, it's, or is it? It's is hard, that's it, hard it's to explain. One, so it's not, it's just bad luck or was it something it was where bad luck. there was a technical It was bad luck. So if you don't flat back a bump like that, bump, flat back. bumps are falling on the mat. Okay. That's that's the main thing of your training is learning. It's like jujitsu, a bump. It's learning how to fall to spread the surface area across your entire back. So it doesn't hurt as much. It still hurts like a mother. And how much give when you said landing on the mat is in the actual ring? Like when you It hit depends that. the type of ring. So of boxing rings suck. I'm not even going to lie to you. Boxing rings have zero give. Uh, a regular wrestling ring is... Oh, she's vibrating. Uh-huh. Enjoy it. Bravo, Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the way a normal wrestling ring is, is it's a steel frame. And depending on the amount of money a promoter has, 
it'll either be metal cross beams or like a composite cross beam for the support. That's what makes the big loud bang because then you put plywood or two by fours over top of that. And then what we land on is about an inch and a half thick sponge. Hmm. So it does hurt. You're landing on plywood. And is there amplifiers or microphones underneath the ring to actually capture that sound? In WWE there is, but WWE is Hollywood. I mean, it's still sports entertainment. It's still wrestling, but their ring is, we call it stiff. Stiff is really hard. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. WWE yes, ring is. Yeah. Kramer knows what that is. <laughs> He's got microphones <laughs> under his bed. Yeah, I used to know what that was. Now it's a little more difficult. <laughs> but uh, see, Alice. This episode brought to you by Blue Chew. <laughs> brought to you by off-brand boner pills. <laughs> You're gonna get a boner. It's gonna be weird, but it'll get the job done. Off-brand speaking, boner pills. Speaking of boner pills, one thing I've learned from the boys in the last few years: boner yeah. pills and weed gummies are a great high. Huh. Oh. And the weirdest boner you're ever going to get. <laughs> what is that thing? Oh, God damn. So it looks like Ernest Borgnine. Why is it talking to me? <laughs> but uh, WWE has a harder one because the producers don't like the loud sound. Because like Hambone, you could make a humongous, because you're tall, you know, yeah. a big guy. You could make a huge noise in the indie rings. But the WWE rings are hard so that the microphone, they actually put a microphone huh. underneath. So that when they hit, it's more of a subdued, you know what I mean? That's hmm. interesting. I've always wondered that. I always wondered if there was like springs or anything that make it a little bit no. bouncy. bouncy. Or... It seems like I always bouncy. thought there was springs or something yeah. like yeah. that, but apparently not. Nope. We have it on good authority, an expert in the house. Now, when you finish your first match, how long did it take before you think you hit your stride? Oh, cripes. Three, three years? Three years. Wow. When I first started. And how often are you working when you first start? When I first started, it was like every weekend or every other weekend. You're at an event. You're part of, at this point in your career, you're part of what organization? So there's several different ones. So there was ECWA back then, AAW. Okay. So you you take bookings normally anywhere yeah. you feel safe or trust the promoter. Okay. The, trusting the promoter is a big one. There's a guy right now in the state I won't work for because he pays people with hot dogs. Is that the guy from Wrestlers? Is that <laughs> the show? No, no. That's Al Snow. Al Snow is actually pretty freaking oh, awesome. Oh, yes. He's, uh, I watch Wrestlers and he's like, everybody in wrestling knows that name. Al Snow, yeah. Yes, yeah. He was a big deal in. See, in the- he was at most in the WWE when he, in the late 90s, what we call a mid Carter. He never really hit that echelon of main eventing a show on a regular basis. But his grasp of wrestling psychology is unparalleled. So there's a lot of rules of wrestling psychology that actually originated in the circus <laughs> in the early part of the 19th century. And a lot of wrestling's gone away from that now. Like nowadays, it's a lot of like what you said, Scotty, too hotty. <laughs> Did you see how creepy I said that? Yeah. Too hotty. What was his name again? <laughs> how did he but, say that? But like a lot of kids are doing like relying on their athleticism, like the flips and shit like that, which isn't sustainable. There's no way that's sustainable. Your bo- their bodies are going to break down hmm. taking yeah. huge bumps like that. So like Rey Mysterio Jr. I mean, I've been a fan of him my whole life. But how old is that guy? And how is his body well, able to – I mean, he's just doing these flips all the time. He's built like a brick shit house too for his size. I mean, he's like what, 5'3", I think, 5'3 or 5'4". So you think his height actually helps him? Oh, yeah. But, but he's been injured a lot too. I mean, he wears two knee braces. uh, 
I always had back surgeries. That's, I just that's thought, funny like, to you. A, a man in knee braces. I'm just <laughs> really on like, a roll today. The geriatric wrestlers with like for the older people. It's like we got mm. knee braces. Oh, tonight's a wheelchair match. <laughs> Lonely Doris versus Agnes the Steed. <laughs> it's the boner pill on a pole match. <laughs> I'd pay double to see that. I would. But no, like Ray, he's like a freak of nature. You know, kind of like Brock Lesnar. Brock's a freak of nature. That guy is massive and super athletic. I mean, he went from that and then to the UFC and fought... MMA and yeah. Did he play football? Won the champion. He yeah. played for the Vikings, I think. Or... He never. He was on practice squad, but okay. I think they cut him. Yeah, okay. but he was in college. He was a NCAA All American yeah. wrestler for Minnesota. I think. I mean, so the guy's just an athlete. Is all it around. easy to convert if you're a pro athlete like Brock into the wrestling world? I would say no. There's a steep learning curve. So there's some guys who can easily do it, like Brock Lesnar did it. Uh, Who's that? Baron Corbin nowadays. Mm. He was a professional football player. The guy who just died, Bray Wyatt, he played professional football. But a lot of these guys either had family in the business or they trained in the business before they became a football player on a a national level. Because you have to understand the psychology of how to put together a match. So I don't know how it is on the independent scene, but one of the big things I think that's evolved since when I was a huge fan in the 80s. Right. The character development was huge and it still is, but it was more gimmicky, I think, back then. Where maybe like this. Well, I'm thinking yeah. about like, yeah, baby. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but they had like these off the wall type personas, whereas now they still have that, but not as much. But a lot of it is microphone work. I mean, it's it's not just being athletic, but it seems like the ones who really get big. You know, The Rock, I think somebody like that was all about his ability. The Rock is so good. He was exceptionally athletic, but he was so good on the microphone. He's an an anomaly, though, because he broke all the rules of pro wrestling interviews. Why? And it was only because he's entertaining. Mm -hmm. There's certain things you say and don't say as a good guy versus a bad guy. So a good guy is called a face. A bad guy is called a heel. So as a heel, there's certain things you just don't do or say. Like, as a heel, I would never acknowledge that I made a mistake. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never admit culpability and yes. Do you get to choose if you're a face or a heel? You can, but then the crowd can easily turn you one way or the other. You go where the crowd wants you to go. (laughs) So right now I'm what's called a tweener. So I'm supposed to be a heel. I wrestle like a heel. I cheat in every single match, but the crowd Mm. likes me. So is the goal to become a face? It depends where you make money. Like, so when you have like a rivalry between a heel and a face, does one really, the one who carries the story a little bit more? Like I would imagine the heel with their actions are the ones who kind of push the need for the face to be the hero. Do you know what I mean? Right. And that's why there's a lot of rules because just like movies or novels, the villain has to be at least something that presents an obstacle to the hero. So if you have like a paper villain it's not going to be fun for the crowd. You know what I mean? Like if you'd put me in the ring right now with Brock Lesnar, it's no, there's no doubt in anybody's mind that he's going to kick the living shit out of me. However, if storyline wise, I smothered him with either right, right before the match and he can barely walk. <laughs> right. Now I'm a believable villain. Right. Yeah. So it, it's all dependent who carries it. Like I'm bound by the laws of the brotherhood, not to tell you like how we put together matches unless you actually train and bump with me. Mm-hmm. But there is elements of putting together a match storyline-wise of what a heel and a face do. So it's choreographed? Yes. It, I wouldn't say choreographed, but there is blocks 
that are set up to draw emotion, kind of like acts of a play. And how much of that do you call in the ring, though, versus... That's a great question, because I call everything. When yes. you say call, you're telling him little signals. What's the next move? Is that a It call? would normally be like headlock, kick out, duck, clothesline, suplex. So he knows like a series of moves that I'm going to be doing. You say that to him? Yeah, while we're in the ring. Like either while we're in the he's corner. texting him, Chris. No, but I mean, but I want to know <laughs> how do you hide that communication. Right. That's a lot that's to say to your, to, right. okay, my next. You ever notice in wrestling matches where they're grappling and they get close to each other? Are we are we no, talking are right? we interviewing yep. you, Hambone? Yes. No, he's right. It's either what we say grab a hold. And while that's you're when you tell hold. him your what your plan Having is? long hair is perfect too. That's half the reason yeah. I have long hair, because I'll flip it over my face so people can't see my mouth. Right. Stop it. That's awesome. Some people don't do it that way and don't No, and it. I hate this new generation of wrestlers that and I don't know how they do it. I don't know if it's like the drug use from working at a strip club that I can't remember like full matches. But uh, <laughs> no, wait, wait, we, wait. We gotta go. <laughs> We're going down uh, that path yeah, soon. That's next. That's yeah. next. Okay, we'll wait. Okay, we'll go back to that. So a lot of these young guys, they will know move for move, beat for beat before they even go out. That's I crazy. can't do that because like not only will I forget, but I was trained to listen to the crowd. Right. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So like if they're getting quiet, I'm going to change the right. narrative. You're going to put bit. something big splash right. move yes. in there, right? Or go over to the crowd, you know, and like I normally either try to find the most timid person or the toughest person because those are the two people they'll get behind. And you just make fun of them until yeah. they get pissed. I like doing the toughest guy in the crowd who could beat me up. Because if he gets pissed at you, then the rest of the crowd feels comfortable to get pissed at you. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> to do that same kind of thing when Hollywood wrestles, she would punch babies. <laughs> it worked. And they cried they every would, time. Right. <laughs> she showed those infant toddlers who was boss. <laughs> that reminds me of one of the greatest stories ever that WWE ever did. <laughs> There was a wrestler oh, named... Please tell us. The baby puncher was his name. There was a wrestler named Gene Snitsky. <laughs> oh, and he was in a rivalry with Lita. She's a famous yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. I love Lita. I don't know how this all came about, but she had a baby, lost it. So he comes down with this baby doll. Talk, oh, you know, geez. giving her shit about the baby doll. He drop kicks this oh. baby doll. And it he goes into it. the third row. He punted it into the third oh, row. Baxter. <laughs> but oh the gosh. best part is the camera watching it. like it's <laughs> Slow motion. motion. <laughs> Slow motion going over the crowd. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. If only you had done that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I wish you would have been a Snitsky type. <laughs> okay, so we're going to back up a little bit. Yeah, I heard you mentioned strip club strip there. Strip club, yeah. drug use. And you tell us as much as you want or as little as you want. We don't want you to be uncomfortable. But oh, I would yeah. love to little, hear. Little which yeah, strip club up. was this? Granddaddy's. Oh, down in the Midwest. Boy, that's really, we draw a lot of guests from, from that Wisconsin area. Wisconsin area. Yeah. How does that happen? So Do you still have know, your right? punch card from that establishment? <laughs> it's full. 17 yeah. lap dances, the 18th is full. Actually, uh, his picture's on the wall at Granddaddy's for the amount of girls that he put through college. <laughs> oh, Kramer, well yeah. done. Thanks, Sugar Kramer. Daddy. Thanks, Kramer. Kramer invests in Thanks, school supplies. Yeah. So many nurses. There's just so many nurses. <laughs> All right. So Tell, how'd you get in there? How, how did so we'll have get to back there? up a little further. And what age was it. this now? What, that, that was right after my divorce. So I was like 27. Okay. Okay. So you had been wrestling, but then you did that on the side while you were still wrestling. You were working at a strip club, or was that I took a break from wrestling? Well, no, I've wrestled on and off most of my life. But we have to back up because, like, I was the way I got my job at the strip club is through radio. But the way I got my job in radio was through wrestling. The program director of the station actually was doing a live broadcast at one of our shows, and he 
liked how comfortable I was with the crowd and on the microphone. So he invited me to be a uh, board jockey. Did you start like that too when you were in radio? I happened to live next to a radio station and they needed a guy on the weekends. That's how that happened. But I'll say, <laughs> I'll say you, didn't, you didn't do the I'll deuce. say they didn't lock their doors very well. So and S2H. they're normally not on the air on weekends. He just knew how to get into the studio. <laughs> yeah. You didn't do the deuce paying where you have to like play records for the focus shows and all. Oh, I totally did. Yeah. In fact, okay. I had I had a fan I had fans. I had um, Sinatra hour and I would get mail from people and they would say, Oh, we're dancing in our kitchen right now. Oh god. Oh yeah. Was that wrong. that was my first year in radio. All those stories. Stupid wow. programs on the AM station. Well, AM. Yeah, AM. Oh, yeah, it was, and AM it was, was where it's at. And it was Maybe all not. those little communities around Wassa, because our station was in Wassa, okay. Wisconsin, which is significantly far south from Nome, Alaska. But, <laughs> Sitka, Sitka, Alaska. Sitka. <laughs> Fuck you, Nome. I'm <laughs> <laughs> coming for you. Yeah. Chamber of Commerce, you're going to get it, baby. But we even. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my old man Randy Savage telling you right here, right now. Cream yeah. of the crop. The cream rises to the top. <laughs> One that of the greatest a, promos. That is a great macho man. Impression. Yeah, that is. That's a, that's a great. That is one of the greatest promos of all time. I the, think. Well, the cream rises to the top. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Never ceases to amaze me. That. <laughs> Dude, the, I've got a boner the size of Sitka last yeah. night. <laughs> I call it Jerome. <laughs> Jerome Savage. <laughs> Easy, big guy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Who is that guy? <laughs> another, another great promo. It's actually like a, a vignette, like a video promo. Have you ever seen the one where Mr. Perfect throws the football to himself? Yes. <laughs> no, in, in, uh, in, inside the dome. Yes. And he, but he throws it, and then he looks at the guy, and then he starts running. Yes, and then he catches the football that he because he's perfect. Because he's perfect. Yeah. perfect. Yeah. I was telling everybody kind of before the show my Mr. Perfect story that when I was getting married, WWE was in town and they were all staying at the same hotel that our guests were staying. And right before the wedding, we were heading out and Mr. Perfect was at the bar and he came up to me and he goes, Need a best man? Mr. Perfect wanted to be my best man. And I said, probably a good thing you didn't allow that because <laughs> Kurt Henning is notorious for being a prankster. And he would have slept with your wife. Like, ha <laughs> 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 gotcha. Yeah. Zing. <laughs> See the joke there? Because <laughs> I had sex with your wife. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing awkward there for uh, Mr. Perfect. No. Let's hope she doesn't listen to this episode. (laughs) Back to radio. He knows. He knows. All right. So back to you're at radio station. And I worked my way up. So I was doing the AM bullshit. It was even bad enough where I had to go to the police station to get the reports of all the stuff that happened in these rural communities. So it's, you know, like... Oh, so you were doing, like, news reporting or something. Oh, God. It was awful. Before I got on the FM station. It's called Agate, right? Yes. Yep. And I was like, yeah, Mr. Peabody, uh, I was reporting half a can of white paint missing from his house. Oh, <laughs> that stuff. Yeah. Fuck it. He's been through so much. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever have to do the thing where, like, people barter or sell stuff? Yes, it was called the swap shop. Dude. And it was fucking awful. <gasps> fucking no. Love it. Love it. When you're in a rural community and you get the chance to hear this show, you want to go grab a smoke? <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, Wait, do you, need, do you need some more cherry liqueur? Hambone is right. People would call up and they'd be like, yeah, this is uh, Glenda. I got some chicken fence, uh, some old uh, pickup sticks from the 40s. Yep. 
asking five dollars, but I'll take two. Uh, <laughs> and then they would connect them with a seller. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, and it was the weirdest shit. It's like I've got four brown goats. That's yeah. a Craigslist. That's the original Craigslist right. or buy sell trade. That's pretty then, fun. Then I got promoted up into uh, the actual FM station. And actually, my first day on FM radio. So we do this thing. There's a lot of entertainers who rib each other. Ribbing, you know, like joking. What? So you they never do that. We're not entertainers. They're like, yeah. <laughs> hey, Walter Cronkite over here. We're not exactly bringing the news. So they're like, yeah, Jay, uh, we will we'll have you for the nights as like a intern. I was kind of like a stunt guy for the guy who was doing nights at the time. But that morning they called me. And I'm like, why are they calling me so early? I'm not supposed to be in at night. And this was my first day in radio. And I pick up the phone. They're like, Jay, we need you in the studio now. A plane hit the World Trade Center. And we have oh. to like, we need coverage. So that was my first day on first day. 9-11. Oh, that's wow. memorable. No. I'll tell you what, like that was surreal because like people legit thought the world was ending. It was scary. How many people called into the radio station that day? I spent most of my time taking phone calls. I bet. The lines were, were the actual phones connected to the wall that we were answering. And it jammed the lines. I was a half mile from the Pentagon. Are you serious? Yeah. So that's a different story for a different day. Uh, let's go back to you on the radio station and get into that strip club, because that's know, where we that's all want to go. Yeah, right? I mean, okay. I love this stuff, but so, strip club, please. I, this, was, this was back in what I call the Wild West. So I became friends with the strip club owner. He's still one of my good buddies. Is this we, also where you met your wife? No. I met this was her, after you divorced your first wife, though. Right. I oh. met my second wife on Craigslist. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> He traded three goats for her. I live in a van. All right, so so I had quit radio because it's radio is not conducive with having a kid. So I had this brilliant idea to take a part time job at a strip club, as uh, one does. You know what? <laughs> the food is great out here. Yeah, the chicken wings on the buffet, the lasagna bar. So it's a poor uh, choice. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, you took a job as a so originally stripper. it was just the DJ. Oh, I did strip oh. once. You oh, did. I assumed that you were a stripper the whole time. Yeah, no, I, I assumed you were like a bouncer. I DJed and then I managed. Okay. Oh. So I started as a DJ and then I became a manager. Okay. Which there were some good times over the those two years. To be young. Wait, and, tell us about the time you stripped. I want to hear about that. <laughs> so how old were you when this happened? Thirty. Okay. And I. So looked, this is a little bit later. This is ten yeah. years after you've started into wrestling. the wrestling career. And at thirty, I looked like a fuck boy. Like the f- bleach blonde faux hawk affliction You were Ric Flair. Oh, my God. Yes. That's hilarious. <laughs> you, he <laughs> yeah. was Ric Flair, yeah. So how did you decide to take the stage? Like at Granddaddy's? Yeah. It was a, by necessity. So up north, everything shuts down for deer hunting. Right. And if there, there was just no point of us being open because no guys would come into the club. You know what I mean? Yep. So for those two weeks... We made it male strippers huh. oh, for okay. the deer hunters, deer hunters, widows, widows ball. Yes. Sure, yeah. Sure. yeah. And there was one night where it was just like a nasty snowstorm and the guy's <laughs> bus like either broke down or they wouldn't make it. Where were they coming from? They oh, ship, fuck. they ship them in. They Northern. ship them in. Yeah. It's like that one was like, I think Mrs. It was way South. Mrs. You should bring in a. You can bounce quarters off those asses, sister. <laughs> Seriously. I've, I've seen it. Amen. Yes. You don't, you, you just don't, you gotta wear goggles. You're gonna take some short change to the eyeball. I swear to you. But it, they didn't make Mississippi it, so. strippers brought to you by, <laughs> by quarter bouncers. It was all over. Sponsored by granddaddies. Right. And you'd think it would yeah. be like New York or LA. But no, it was always some weird, like, Blumpkin, Mississippi or something like that. Huh. And the tricky. fact that they were good looking. Oh, yeah. And, and 
put together, and it's, it's amazing. And you get a good turnout for with it's a great turn oh of phrase put together. God, with those guys, I'll tell you Hot. what I made in one weekend. What do you got? Three grand Woo! in one weekend. One weekend. And wow. that's how I got chlamydia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the first time. <laughs> yeah, it was. They make tons of money, but their bus didn't show up. So the owner wow. was like, because I was wrestling, he's like, do you have some of your man thongs? I'm like, yeah. Of course. <laughs> of course you got a man So he thong. grabbed a bunch. I'm wearing four. <laughs> and he put them through the wash quick, and he gave one to me, to him, to all our bouncers, and oh my we God. filled in. Stop. We filled in for the male strippers. Did you get nude? I did, but some of the other guys didn't. Okay, so is this establishment an all-nude facility? How does it work up there? Yes. You have to... Down there. (laughs) It depends on what uh, the city licenses you for with strip clubs. And it's what their liquor law is. So whatever an individual community's liquor law is depends on if there's going to be bottoms on a dancer or not. Huh. Yeah. It's a better name for a strip club, Bottoms on a Dancer. <laughs> yeah. But let's all, let's bench all that shit. Let's get let's get to the meat of the mat. Go ahead, Hollywood. I just need to finish. How was your night? Did you enjoy <laughs> oh. that weekend, stripping? Three grand. Enjoy well, yeah, it. three grand. I know. Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Why didn't it keep going? You learned Cause it's potential. Because it's like only during hunting season. Yeah. 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 Did you make more money stripping than wrestling? Oh, oh God. Yeah. yeah. It was at that moment that the glam god regretted everything. <laughs> realized he had made a terrible choice. I should have went to Vegas. You know right? I mean? right? <laughs> well, you always got a backup plan. Right. <laughs> you don't have to go to Vegas to do that. No, you guys. S2H does it at the grocery store on the reg. <laughs> right. That's why he's not welcome there. Piggly Wiggly brings me in like once a week. I don't know. <laughs> why is S2H by the hot dog buns again? Polish sausage. <laughs> oh. oh, no. Mini corn dog. Now, listen, let's get into the real deal here. We want to know. I mean, I'm going to ask a question. What's the, what's the craziest story you got from the strip club? I know there's going to be a ton of them, but that's yeah. what people want to hear. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. There's weird stories. I mean, you know, like, because I would have to watch the private dances because we ran a clean club. So there was no funny business whatsoever. No sex in the champagne Right. Room. And there is, that was a, this, is that a rule? No sex in the... No, that is not a rule. And I'm not it speaking depends, from my experience. It depends what, what I, club you go to. Because I've seen some weird shit happen at some clubs. I just was just talking to someone who knew someone that were like, the guy whipped it out in the champagne room. And she she didn't know what to do. Or they were asked, like, what do you do in that situation? I can't remember who I was talking to. So no, you don't that. have to edit that out because that happens a lot. <laughs> some dude's like whipping it out in front of the stripper. What? Do you think is so attractive about your mangled appendage that this girl's going to be so breathtaking that she's like, I don't know some of that. Men. Yeah. Yes, they're not attractive. Oh, I, can that. I can say that for, from all women. The they're female not. body is a, a thing of beauty. It's like a Ferrari. There are lines, and it's beautiful. The man is like a Jeep. It's utilitarian. <laughs> it's for getting around. You right. know? Yeah. It's like a grown man getting out of the shower. Like, Guns there, there, is the, there is a wrestler by the name of Chaos, and I will throw him under the bus. We call him Baby Arm. Like, that's like, well, I'm not gay, but <laughs> yeah, good for you, man. Kramer's policy has always been, I'm not gay, but five bucks is five bucks. Five bucks is five bucks. You know, I, but I want to meet chaos. <laughs> I'd like to experience a little chaos or a lot of chaos. <laughs> I've never been good in, in strip clubs. Welcome I, back to Wang Chat. <laughs> yeah, right. Discussing dongs. Well, no, uh, you know, I, since we're on the topic of strip clubs, I, I, I look back and I'm, I've never been good because I'm like, I'm always uncomfortable like where to look and what to do. And 100%. Like, yeah. And and me being, I'm kind of a, not a germaphobe, but kind of, yeah, I'm a, kind of a germaphobe, yeah. right? So the one of the few times I've ever been in a strip club. I brought Windex. Yeah, no, a stri- <laughs> stripper came over, <laughs> took an ice cube out of my cup, ran it down her body and put it 
back into oh. my cup. And I was like, all the rest of the night, I kept thinking of, I'm not drinking this. No. I need a new cup. I need a new drink. Yeah. What is it? Take it up to the bar. Uh, Chantrice, yeah. uh, can I get a replacement? Because Chantrice put a body nice glitter in my rum and coke. I'm. <laughs> It's <laughs> exactly what it was drinking. I would assume. Oh, we so. know. <laughs> I, I agree with you. Like now, since I worked at one, I just don't enjoy going there because I know what everybody's going through. The regular guys that are going there for their to actually arouse their perversions, etc., are into crazy shit. They've gone to the edge and they're like, "What else is there?" Well, right. Whereas we go, we got dragged by a, a bachelor party. You're going or to something. bachelor party. Right. You got yeah. one guy in our group who loved to go in. And to your point, you're looking around and you're kind of like, "This is just weird." I remember in college one time. Sad. It's it made me sad. Correct. Right. Other than when we went one morning, we read that they had a buffet. Uh, <laughs> and a, a bunch of college club? buddies, like a breakfast buffet. No way, at a strip club. Oh, yeah. yeah this is a strip club where the dancers had to put their own money in the jukebox today. <laughs> <laughs> and we ran into a girl from our econ class. Was she a stripper? On stage. Oh, yeah. Oh. And she's dancing, talking about the exam. And we're all like... <laughs> Okay, you know, you want to go, you want to get nuts? So let's get nuts. I thought the inverse relationship between the economic standards associated. <laughs> best yeah. song for all our aspiring strippers and our audience out there, best song to dance to? Probably Shake That by Eminem. Oh. Shake that ass for me. Shake that ass for me. Shake that ass for me. Wait, do you, do you know what the number one strip club song in the entire U.S. is? What is that? Hot for it, Teacher. Wait, wait, wait. Is it Hallelujah? <laughs> no. Hallelujah. You are my sunshine? It's a country song. Take me home, country road? No, it, nothing gets you hot like John Denver. Trace Atkins. Badonkadonk. Badonkadonk yes. is the number one oh. strip club song in the U.S. I can right? picture that. Yep. Yeah. So dancers are kind of like wrestlers. Like there are some who are insanely talented with, you know, the pole dancing. Some just shake their badonkadonk. <laughs> <laughs> That's their move. You know right. what I mean? But no, it was awesome working there. But there is a, it came to the point of the partying that the party just stopped being fun. Did you find yourself getting desensitized? You oh, God, talk yeah. about it. Were you, was the drug scene something that became a problem at all? If you don't mind me asking, was it like. So it became a problem in the respect that I could tell that there was becoming a problem. Yeah. Like I wasn't drunk or, or high all day long. You know what I mean? Like an, like a, somebody in active addiction. But it was coming to the point where I'd sleep late in the morning and Tori was just a kid and my mom was having, you know what I mean? Yeah. To watch her a little bit in the morning. And that's when I actually quit the strip club and started wrestling full-time before I got into uh, criminal justice. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm, That's a different phase. All right. right. Now we got to get yes. into this chapter. Phase I two. Go yeah. Can we transition to the next chapter? Yes. This? We can so, always, it's the train wreck podcast. This, yeah. Yeah. We can go, we go off we the rails yeah. all day long. That's right. <laughs> that's what we do. But yeah, I want to go into the next phase. So the next phase is I quit, you know, because like my love for my daughter obviously outweighed how it was cool for a while. You felt like you were in a rock band, you know right. what I mean? As a strip club manager. But Tori was getting to the age where I didn't want her to go to school. And they were like, what does your daddy do for a living? <laughs> yeah. But also I quit and I actually got into a criminal justice. Fascinating. I could, if I wanted to be, be a police officer. Nice. So, okay. Criminal justice, meaning like you went to the police academy at that point or you so, started studying it or what did you? So I have a communications degree. And then I, yes, I went back to school because there's like a glass ceiling with communications, unless you are working for one of the big companies in, you know, like image or media relations, you just don't, you're not going to make more than $40,000 a year with radio or communications. Mm-hmm. True. But I decided to go back for criminal justice because Tori was like three and Tori's actually the one who introduced me to my second wife. Oh, oh my gosh. Like, I was pissed. We had just gotten done with the wrestling show. I was in a terrible mood because the payoff was awful. 
and I took her to family video, whatever. Decompress. Yes. Right. So as we're checking out, I wasn't even looking at the person ringing me up and Tori's like, daddy, who's that girl? She's really pretty. And I looked up and that's my, and my second wife. And I'm like, Whoa, she's hot. But I didn't think my second wife. (laughs) And that's what love sounds like. (laughs) Aaron and I wound up going to the same college. I got my criminal justice degree and then went through the police academy. And what'd you do with that? So I decided to go private sector, and I actually did a little bit of PI work for a little while, like taking pictures of guys snogging other girls, uh, delivering papers, you know, if somebody needed papers served. And uh, how did you get clients for that? Take on an ad? Uh, are you working for us and say are you working for an actual like a private so investigating there, company? There was a guy who ran like the rent a cops. Uh, uh, I see. Oh, okay. 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 It started out as just serving papers, but because of the way I looked, he's like, you should, nobody would suspect you as somebody that'd be like taking pictures, you know, of somebody who's cheating. Right. Were you dressed as the glam God? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, here's the weird thing with that. I because dressed, he doesn't stick out doing so, that. <laughs> with that, I dressed as outrageous as possible. Like I didn't have the makeup on, but I'd have my hair down. I'd have on a shirt way too tight for me because if you do that, especially in smaller communities like I was in, people don't want to look at you. Right. right. They're like, he looks weird. I don't they know. They make assumptions that neighborhoods aren't like on high alert. Look, yeah. I, I don't know a lot about PIs, but did they give you a Ferrari? I wish. Yeah. yeah. With two dogs. Like wear Hawaiian shirts. And a buddy who had a helicopter. <laughs> yes, and two dogs. Zeus I and Apollo. <laughs> and a mustache that I could give rides out to. Right. right. A formidable <laughs> facial hair. We call that a love brush here. <laughs> Sorry. But that dried up and I got back more into wrestling. Because when I was with my second wife, I didn't wrestle that much. She didn't like it. And that's when the industry totally changed on me, where it went from like being a psychological type thing to just acrobatics kind of nowadays. Yeah. What year was that? 2013 to 2018. Okay. That's when even in WWE, the Attitude Era, the Attitude Era died. died. Like I stopped watching about 2008 because they went PG. Yep. And it. I mean, looking back, and this is what I mean by the Wild West in the late 90s and early 2000s, you could get away with so much shit. Look back at their programming. They had Sable topless, essentially, on TV. You mentioned Lita before. She's having sex in the middle yeah. of the ring with, um, and with Edge. Because it was pretty... <laughs> Poor Hollywood. <laughs> Hollywood's going to die. <laughs> Hollywood's going to tell us about her career later. <laughs> it became too predictable. And City, yeah. Say that again? I said it became way too predictable for me when they went PG. And, you know, sometimes for a storyline, you need to be a little bit adult. I'm not saying porn, but blood or a ruthless beating. There's got to be something that's a little bit more feels like it's real. Exactly. Even though everyone knows it's scripted, there's this little part of it that you have to sell. Takes it to an edge. Gives it an edge. Why did it change, you think? Because Vince realized, kind of like the marketing style of George Lucas, you make Ewoks to market to children, just like you make your superstars Ewoks so you can market them as plushies, action figures, t-shirts. Plus he's getting the advertising dollars from like family places like McDonald's and you know what I mean? Okay. Like the advertisers. Yeah. So, so more of a family friendly product mm-hmm. rather than the older right. generation that grew up watching. Originally it was born out of like Greco-Roman wrestling. So it was kind of at first more about the moves and then it evolved into injecting personalities into that. Well, to you sell you, it more. Do you want me, to, do you want me to give you a minor history lesson? Really? Yes, you said it started with the please. circus, didn't okay. you? Or it, started with yeah. the, it started with circus performers. And back in the circus days, during the Civil War, guys would wrestle each other at fun, you know, because they didn't have TV, whatever. So they'd wrestle each other. And a lot of these guys, if they didn't have jobs coming out of the Civil War, worked for the circus. And in the circus, you always had a mark. 
Remember yeah. that? Mark. Remember that? Fan. Mark. Mark. Yeah. However, in circus terms, a mark would be somebody else who knows how to wrestle. Oh. But you weren't up in the ring. Because what they would do to make all their money is the, the performer would be like, all right, I'm going to wrestle one fan. And if you beat me, I give you $500. But, you know, vice versa. Or you right. give me oh. the $500. So the mark had to look like somebody innocent who didn't. So the mark would come up and just get his ass handed to him. But... There was a formula where he would show that there's a little bit of vulnerability for the pro. So then after the mark got beat, he'd say it again. Who wants to put their money up? And then Joe yeah. Shit the Ragman off the street would come up and just get decimated. He's a good guy, though, out of the ring. Joe Shit the Ragman. <laughs> <laughs> he makes a mean cornbread. <laughs> Always has. Yes, yes, he does. For so now. that, that For was now. the original. And then they just started doing wrestling kind of like boxing. They put on, you know, like wrestling shows. And this is actually kind of fascinating. If you guys ever research it, there's a group called the Gold Dust Trio from... Ah, early... this was in The Wrestler, that, that series. They talked about the mm -hmm. Gold Dust Trio? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't remember that. The Gold Dust Trio was in the 1920s, and mm -hmm. it was Tootsmont, who's one of the greatest minds in all of wrestling, and two other guys. And they came up with, if we had one champion that we could shop around to all these different areas and put over their talent so they can make money, but we all know what the ending is. They're the ones who came up with the modern formula for the professional equation. wrestling. Huh. Like, for instance... uh. Ed Lewis, the Strangler, who was actually from Nakusa, Wisconsin, he was the champion at the time. He was making more money than some Hollywood stars as a professional wrestler touring around. That's but Ed the Strangler Lewis was also what we call a shooter. So a shooter is a guy who could actually actually hurt you really, really bad. So th they normally put a shooter as the champion because if somebody decided to get funny, they could actually choke him out. So a real tough guy. When TV became like a thing, Gorgeous George kicked the door down for what pro wrestling is nowadays. Gorgeous George was a guy, his name was Robert Wagner, not the actor. Yeah. This is where some of this gimmick comes Wasn't from. Wasn't he like the original Ric Flair type of image or not? He was like Ric Flair mixed with Goldust. I don't know if you, Goldust. Yeah, yep. I know Goldust. So he would come to the ring in a robe and he'd have somebody spraying California air because he can't breathe the normal air. He was making so much money from TV because people wanted to see this pretty boy get sissy his get his ass kicked. Right. And all the other promoters were like, all right, there's money. And that's where the gimmicks came from, like from up until the 80s and 90s. The but, Russians, the Iranian, the, yes. all the evil enemies that you could play. These. Well, that's what? a huge part when you say face and heel. That's a huge part of the formula is the good versus bad. The, and it's got to have that enemy that everybody can root against, and they've got to figure out how to get the crowd. And it's a lot of current events. Like right now, yep. oh, God, you'd get canceled so fast if you did like a different nationality gimmick. Well, they just they just shelved. There was an ongoing Israeli terrorist thing that they shelved. I was just reading an article about that in one of the, one w, of the groups. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you, they don't want to prey on that. It's a little too But that was real. big business in the 70s and 80s. Like, huge business. The Iron Sheik. The Iron Sheik, right? Iron Sheik. Uh, but who was he his... Was, uh, he had a Nikita Russian. Volkov? Nikolai Volkov. Nikolai yeah. Volkov, the bear. There was Nikita Koloff. He wrestled for, like, WCW. That's the one I'm thinking of, yeah. But he went so far. Now, this is the kayfabe bear of wrestling. He went so far, he legally changed his name to Nikita Koloff. His daughter, who's American, he's American, she's listed as half Yugoslavian because of his name. Oh, wow. Even though she's technically not? Even though she's technically not. Because he gave the hospital... He didn't tell him what whatever his real name may be. I think it's Terry, but he said his name is Nikita Koloff. Well, and these guys back in the 70s and 80s, 
I believe they're, you know, traveling town to town, staying in these hotels, right? Drinking in the hotel lobby, running into locals who, you know, just want to fight them, right? They want to step up to them and say, I don't think you're a real tough guy, but yes. then they had to prove And there was actually in Mid-South, there is a promoter named Cowboy Bob Watts, Cowboy Bill Watts, who he had a rule. If you got beat in a fist fight, you're done. He fired you. You never, had, you never had would to, hire you back. You had to really you represent had to out in yeah. public too. And oh. they weren't, like you alluded to earlier, not supposed to be seen together. You got to carry the the narrative, carry the storyline. It it was so intense because I heard stories. You know, when I trained in the nineties, it was so intense. If a heel and a face would just show up randomly, like say at Shoney's, you were mandated by the promoter to get into a fist fight. Oh wow! Wow! Right there in in front of your families. Wow! In a restaurant, did there have so, to be a camera there? Well, no, back but that was word of mouth back then, right. which uh, I think is better because it creates like legend. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So yeah. there we are were at stories, and so so was there, yeah. and so so there, and they oh, got it on. And- there's all kinds of stories I hear. I've heard about <laughs> certain wrestlers back in the day getting into bar fights, and stuff that would happen was brutal. Like, Say it. Well, Ric Flair was on uh, Joe Rogan, and he talked about seeing I forget what the wrestler's Haku? name was. Was it Haku? Because Bang Haku, or whatever. But that, that Haku, guy yeah. was really bad. But there was somebody who popped the guy's eye out twice. He said Haku. He, that would do that. He would pop their eye out. Oh, they actually teach us that in wrestling school to, to pop, pop somebody's, somebody's eye, eye out. So if somebody <laughs> wait, let's that was can we <laughs> do that with better harmony <laughs> next time? Pop somebody's <laughs> eye. I'll go hot. Someone's eye. I don't know if they still do it because I haven't wow. trained, but. Back when I trained, they taught us how to protect ourselves in case, like, you get in a fight, you know, with just a mark, or if the guy you're wrestling just decides to shoot on you, which doesn't happen too much anymore. But back in the day, it was prevalent. Like, if you fucked up, you'd get what's called a receipt. Receipt, yep. Yep. But some guys took it too far. So, yeah, they taught us, like, all you got to do is just, you could do it to Uh. yourself. Just put it right in the corner and... Yeah, show oh, me, show me. Like, so like, I go, I go here with my <laughs> yeah, finger, yeah. and then hook it, and then <laughs> yeah. pull. Oh, Do yeah. they teach you how to put it put back, back in? Right? Is yeah. That, no. Then what? And it sounds like a ping pong ball coming yeah. out of a <laughs> bump. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they, yeah, they teach you all that. But Ming was like, I think there's even a story where he got stabbed and he still fought off two different guys. I've I've heard like that seems to be a reoccurring guy that comes up in those stories, like. From multiple rats, he was a, he was a real bad seed. Yeah, sounds like. Yeah, I just heard if he was on, if he was on your side though, that's uh, right. right. Yeah, he was just a scary dude. When do you think that the illusion of wrestling being quote unquote real? When do you think that died? The nineties, definitely. I, it was the steroid scan. The steroid trial definitely did it. Right. Okay. Okay. Because that's when so Vince they wanted had to go entertainment, right? Yep. Because Vince that's also right. wanted to get around state athletic commissions because. Up until, I think, the 2000s, state athletic commissions forced wrestlers to buy licenses, you know, to pay certain dues. Really? By being yes. entertainment, didn't they that. didn't have to fall under their yep. regulation. Huh. Uh, way to get around regulations. But Vince actually pissed. There's still promoters that hate his guts that he pulled the veil down, so to speak. Right. I mean, you had Andy Kaufman, and who did he fight on Letterman? Jerry oh, the King, King Lawler. Jerry the King Lawler. Yeah. So, Hollywood, this this was Andy Kaufman was the guy from Taxi, comedian, eccentric. Beyond. Thank you very much. Yeah. I mean, way out there. Like, beyond eccentric human being. And he would launch himself into the wrestling world. But then he started, you know, saying that it was fake. And so Jerry Lawler on Letterman beat him up. 
Yeah. Oh my god. But he also got a lot of heat because this was right. the early '90s or early '80s, and he proclaimed himself the intergender world champion, yeah. and he would only wrestle women. Andy Kaufman did. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then, so you have that kind of celebrity interaction. Then you have what is Billy Corrigan's role in he wrestling? Owns, he owns what? Wait, he Billy owns, Corrigan from the Smashing, Smashing Pumpkins? Pumpkins? Yeah, he owns NWA. Jinx. Yeah, he owns NWA. Yeah, he bought what? Yeah. I didn't know yeah. that. Oh, he's a big wrestling guy. But that that gets into again the territories that used to exist and not so much anymore, right? So the They're, Indies it was are almost kind like, of like the mafia. It seemed like the, the Indies are like are still the territories. On a national level, there's none, but so the promotions I work for around the state, they never bleed into each other's zone. And if you do, there's trouble. Right. So you're with the NRW, correct? And the N, Which so is NR- No Rules Wrestling. Is that? No regrets wrestling. No, no regrets. And their yeah, motto can- is, somebody's getting hurt. And I thought oh. it was show me on the doll. Yeah. <laughs> that we are looking at the championship belt. And folks listening at home, uh, this thing I is, mean, this thing is heavy. It's, it's got a view. This thing weighs probably what? 15, 20 pounds? I, yeah. I have no idea. This thing is... It's le- about, yeah, 15. It's legit. That's it's like absolutely yeah, it's, glorious. It hurts getting hit with, though, I'll tell you that. I would imagine. So is the goal to get to NW... What's, what's no, the next, I mean, like, is there, what's what's next, the next stage? So what so are you nor- hoping to get to? Normally, you- if I was younger, the next step would be OVW. Which the stage? OVW. The yeah. So that's the one from the documentary. Yes. Correct. Ohio Valley. Yep. Yeah. But things are changed now because now WWE is, they have their own training center. So it doesn't matter if you have wrestling experience. Mm. As long as you look good and they think they can make money off of you, you go to what their performance center in Florida. And, and they'll they, groom you to. Would you want to do that? No. No, no. I love the Indies because it's like the old territory system. And you're right. It is still like the mob. Us boys take care of us boys. So what, what, like, what's the schedule for you right now? Like so Indie circuit is what? what? Where are you going next? So d- there are guys who are a lot more popular that work every single weekend. You know, like both days, every single weekend. With the kids, I just can't do that. But uh, I take about two bookings a month, plus my normal job now. Which is... I work for. Oh, oh there you go. The, I, yes, I figure out cube volumes and direct right. people what to do. And that makes sense, given what you're wearing right now. Yeah, <laughs> I would hire you instantly to handle all of my logistics management. And What's inventory. funny is, I think it's actually out in my car. I have a Ric Flair robe that I wear to the ring sometimes. Oh my it's gosh, glorious. that's awesome! And it was freezing in my office last week, so I wore that. <laughs> Do people know your oh, alter yeah. ego? Okay. Yeah. Hi, this is HR. Yeah, we have a problem. <laughs> I actually had a friend meet Ric Flair maybe two, three weeks ago. Was down in Florida. He owns a bar, The Pearl, I believe it's called. And I guess he's there like every single night. Oh, that and, doesn't surprise me. Yeah, and he mm-hmm. is surrounded by a harem of women when you walk in, like constantly. These guys, okay, so a couple things. These guys are all getting so old. Right, Rick it's Flair just crazy. Is, he's in his seventies, and right? he's married yeah. though. He's he's got but the sheer volume of deaths, premature early deaths for wrestlers. And I'm just curious. We talked about this yeah. last night. CTE. Mm. I mean, that was never a thing until Chris Benoit. Right, right. And he was saying that his move was just to land on people with his effing head. But see, until Chris Benoit had did that tragedy, you know, which. Should we tell I, the tragedy yeah, of Chris Benoit? For so, those who are listening and don't know what the tragedy is. So Chris Benoit was a, an American prof- or a Canadian-American professional wrestler that, over the course of a weekend, murdered his wife and son. And then killed and himself. And then killed himself. I he think was relatively at the top of the game, right? He is. 
And I'll say this from an in-ring standpoint, he was probably the greatest entertainer besides Shawn Michaels of all time. As a human being, he's a total piece of shit because two people did not have a choice of what happened to them that right, weekend. Right. But was he insane? I mean, at that moment, did you ever CTE, meet him? No, I've never met Chris. I mean, I don't know what his reputation was before that. Was he known to be a loose cannon? A lot of those old, he was old school from what stories I've heard. So a lot of those old school guys would get nuts, but you never think to the level where. It seems did. like he went insane, like his brain. So his brain actually, because another wrestler named Chris Nowitzki, who was on WWE for a while, actually, he went to Harvard. That was his gimmick, like a Harvard boy. But that's what he does now is he just studies CTE. And he has Chris Benoit's brain. Mm-hmm. And apparently the brain looks like an 80-year-old man's brain because of everything. But back in the day, we were never taught to protect ourselves from that. Right. Like with chair shots, especially chair shots, you just took it. Oh, the table, wow. you just take it. Are the chairs designed to? No, they're they're no. folding chairs. Are they it's real like, folding chairs? Yeah. They're not like designed to like crink when they hit you oh, or God, anything. No, like that's crunk? just how that's just how hard somebody's actually. No, is it meant to hit them in a certain spot so it's not so as bad? So in the old days, before you were taught to put your hand up, right? You'd straighten your neck and you'd tense your neck muscles and just hope to God. Brain and rattle around in your yes. Oh jeez. Wait, uh, just real quick. Does anybody need a refresher of some Great Lakes Distillery cherry liqueur? I'm good, but that Great Lakes Distillery is the bee's knees. They are. The cherry is quite delicious. Really good. That's fantastic. So these guys are they just they were dying at such a young age at such a rate because of heart attacks, the steroids, the role, the the toll it takes on the body. It's a lot like football players Mm -hmm. from those previous eras. Mm -hmm. There's a movie coming out shortly. Uh, starring Iron Jeremy Clark. Allen White and yeah and 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 Zach Efron about the Von Erich family. But see, that is a creepy story. That that's is a, that's jacked. a cursed family. Oh, yeah. right. dude! One of those guys shot himself in the chest. That was Carrie. Who shoots himself in the chest? He did it out of. I believe the story goes he did it out of respect because his other brother shot himself in the head. Oh, okay. And Carrie actually wanted to feel the pain. Wow. Oh, and like three or four of the the brothers died, like of wow. this manner. The only, there's only one left. Yeah. There's only one left. Kevin is the only one left, and that's the one that Zach Efron is playing, yes. I believe. And so one was pills, and then there was multiple suicides, and they were the first family of wrestling. Was this all related though to drug use or or, or yeah, CTE, CTE or no, what do they? So think? they don't really know. So the first one that died died in Japan. That was David, I believe, and that's weird circumstances because. They don't know if the Yakuza had something to do with it, but he died of appendicitis in his hotel room. Mm. Okay. What would you say is the average age of death from the older generation of wrestlers? If you made it past 40. 40. And what would you say the age is now with different training, new moves? So if they don't change their style with how they treat their body they're they'll might still be alive but there's no way they'll be able to work into their 40s and 50s i mean i'm in my 40s and i can still work because i don't take those risks i mean jake the snake roberts why there's a documentary great documentary oh yeah oh, my lord his life just falling apart he was literally living in a little house by himself addicted to drugs oh that's the one with the, uh diamond dallas Page diamond dallas came yeah. along and basically saved his life yep and you know he Jake the Snake was at the top of the game, made probably millions of dollars, and then he was he living in He is one of the greatest psychology guys ever, too. 
He was Jake the, one, the Snake or Jake the Snake. Oh, Jake. he had a way of just his. I remember him from the eighties and the way he would just because he wasn't this physically imposing guy. He wasn't tall. overly messy. He was yeah, tall and lanky, muscular. but but he wasn't like this high flyer or he wasn't this overly muscly guy. I but worked, he knew how to sight people. He had a boa constrictor in a bag. Yeah, <laughs> but he also had this great way of talking in his I voice work that kind of that way now at a lot of shows. I, my my motto is the least I can do to entertain the most. That's the thing with Jake. If you knew ring psychology, if you know ring psychology, you don't have to do much. That was you said the least you can do to entertain the most. Yeah, that's Kramer's boudoir <laughs> right. Right. formula as well. That's right, exactly. Yeah, that's what I call romance. <laughs> they call him the lazy man's lover. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> All right, so that freaks me out is the rate at which these people are dying. And then Piper's still with us, or is he done? No, he died. He's gone, too. Jeez. Piper's the greatest heel of all time. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I would agree. And he would sell it to the rafters. He was yeah. Scottish. He was another guy that wasn't overly athletic or intimidating looking, but he was so good on the microphone. It's ring psychology. Like, you, yeah. you know what to say. You know what beats to hit. You don't have to do a triple Lindy off the diving board. No. You know what I mean? But he vacillated between face and heel because people, he was supposed to be hated, but people for some reason would love him. The, the tweener. He was a tweener. Okay. Right. He, so he's a tweener in that sense yes. as well. Okay. Yep. Where you do everything like a bad guy. But they eat it up. But they, yeah. they, they love, they love to it. Hate, Probably they love because it. this is just the whole look is spectacular, is. right? I mean, how can you so not great. like that? This so made good. our morning by far. This, I mean, yeah. You can just feel the energy when you walk into a room. Instantly, see, it's cool. the mood changes. The bright colors the kids yeah, like. The psychology there, right? But people like between 35 and older are like, Oh my God, glam rock! Fuck yeah, yeah right? Absolutely. <laughs> so, so also know he's wearing a, a vest that is uh, bedazzled to the hilt with sparkles. And did, did you make this yourself? Who crafted this this, this piece was of a, garmentry? A dancer oh. that I'm friends with. Yeah. But so she she made this because there's fringe. We've got sparkles. This is really expertly yes. fashioned. Very well done. It is. Yeah. It is. The way Do I you have to... more than one? Oh God, yeah. Like how many? You can't, you can't be seen in the same thing, right? So how many pieces of wardrobe do you have? Right. Yeah. I have a walk-in closet that's full of wrestling stuff. I want to see a picture of that. Yeah. <laughs> like depending on my mood, I have probably about nine or ten different pairs of tights, three different pairs of boots, and then just a lineup of boas and jackets. And how much does a set of boots cost? So mine are insanely expensive because they're custom to my feet. Okay. okay. So ballpark. $400. Whoa. Whoa. Better only get two. <laughs> <laughs> but you can, people can go on like Amazon and buy them for like 60, but the whole point of wearing a wrestling boot is so you don't roll your ankle. Mm, and stability. the sole on our boots is softer. So when we're in the ring. You're kicking someone too. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I'm sorry. Do you, do you have a question? Do you have a question? Oh, I just want to go back to the whole psychology thing. Like when you walk out into a room with people, what's that like? It's awesome. I mean, that's what it's I like kind a, of it's feel like. like a it's high. kind of high, yeah. right? Is that the draw? Like, is, is that, that what you? keeps yeah. you in the game? Is just that adrenaline rush, that dopamine hit. That at first it was. Now it's just I, I know what to do to work and get people excited. Now the reason I keep doing it is a ego thing because my seven year old son thinks oh. I'm a superhero. Oh, for sure, that's that's awesome. Cool. Yours. Cool. What is the number one heat generating move in the ring? In the ring. Mm-hmm. It depends the crowd you're in front of, but anytime like kicking in the in the balls will always get a reaction. <laughs> right. From the guys, they're like, oh. Every, <laughs> every America's uh, Funniest Videos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I yeah. normally go 
I normally try to get the people pissed. Right, work the room. Right. So I'll like go up to like either somebody not as a baby, (laughs) somebody not as pretty as me. Right, right. And make fun of their appearance. You know that. That's awesome. (laughs) Or what I'll do with like really tough guys, like biker guys, is I'll go up to them and flick my ponytail in their face. That's mad. Have you ever felt that someone was going to cross the line and you were in danger? A few times, but there's either normally security there, and I'm confident enough that I could hold my own enough to deal with them. Run. Yeah. Oh. Okay. yeah get out. Yeah. Deal with him by flight. running. <laughs> yes, right. Is there a move you don't like doing? That I don't like executing? Both. One you don't like executing Receding and one you don't like the receipt end of it. I don't like doing a moonsault because it hurts. Mm. Is that That's the clip? That back the back flip. Flip. That's the backflip. That, that was Lita's move yes. that we talked about earlier. Because you, you can't see where you're landing. Mm-hmm. You can do one, though? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. That's impressive. Yeah. The one I don't like taking is hands down a powerbomb. What is that? You uh, set up a guy like his head between your legs, like okay. you're going to do a pile driver, oh. but then you pick him up onto your shoulders and just throw him to the mat. You mentioned the pile driver. Does the head actually hit the mat no. when? Because they're just high enough where you're. It's you, not supposed you, to. It's designed where you're holding them high enough so their head does not actually hit the mat. That and uh, it's all about leverage. I'll, I'll smarten you up on this. Yes. Yeah, please. So. The main way to take a bump is to tuck your chin. You tuck your chin to your chest and just fall flat back. Don't turn, otherwise you're going to fuck something up. So you tuck your chin, and if you notice on a pile driver, the guy getting it done to him will have his hands on the other guy's thighs. That's so you can push up a little bit. So when you hit, you're just taking it on your shoulders. And that's taught day one? Right after the eye gouge. (laughs) Right after the eye gouge. Day one is them not telling you how to do anything. And they say, take a bump. So they'll show you how to take a bump. You take a bump, you hit your head, and you feel like you just got a concussion. Oh, wow. Because you don't know how to tuck your chin. And then they'll say, oh, I forgot to tell you to tuck your chin. So they want so you they to learn, you learn the hard, hard way. Yeah. Oh, then they'll so be weird. like, take the ropes. Now, mind you, these, most ropes are like elevator cables with just like a garden hose on it. That's what most are. WWE has actual rope, which sucks. To give you rope but, burns or something? Well, that's the thing. The first day of training, they don't teach you how to take the ropes. So you have bruises all the way around your rib cage. From oh, the so ropes. how are you supposed to take the ropes? You lean into it. Oh, so does it take forever to recover after one night of this? I feel like you know. Mm-hmm. Once your body is used to it, it's used to it. The only time I get sore now is if somebody chops me. That, that's it's the whole so thing. loud. That seems I, like can, one. That seems like a move that seems really annoying to wrestle. Like they probably like, oh, crap, I hate the chops. The chops aren't bad if you don't flinch. If you flinch, then you're going to piss off the guy giving you the chop, and he's going to keep chopping you. So you just got to sit there with your arms back and just... That was a Chris Benoit move, actually, yep, right? Chop. He was the chop. Him and Flair. Flair it, used to do the chop. So do you just hit it open oh, yeah. hand so you can hear it throughout the whole... Yeah, so you start like you're going to do like an actual knife-edge chop, and when you get close enough, you just smack the shit out of the other guy's <laughs> chest. <laughs> still got so it. I just saw Ric Flair's last match. Yeah. And Dude, was that was chops. scary. Yeah. I literally thought he died twice in that match because yeah, he was wild. So... How old is Ric Flair? He's 14. <laughs> in dog it's, years, probably. Yeah, dog I mean, years, it's just yeah. that's the toll it takes on the body. I don't know. But you no. you want to see something impressive. Billy Gunn, who we mentioned earlier. Yeah. Dude, he looks amazing and he's 60 years old. Whoa. He's, I think he's a train, one of the trainers now down yeah. at the Florida facility. Yeah. What I've seen. And Sting. Sting still wrestles, and he's in his 60s. Yeah. God, a lot of these old guys are coming back yet. But they took care of themselves. They knew only to do those crazy high-risk moves when the payday was good Worth enough. It. Are right. they coming back because they need the money? 
or because I the, think it's a legacy thing. Legacy? I think it's a legacy thing. That's and you can still do it. I mean, I, I'm still doing it because I can and because of my son. Right. Some of these guys, these older guys, and I shouldn't say just the older guys, but some of the really popular ones, you started to notice how they just had that same move set every time. Hogan so was classic. That's called like, the big five. Right. And it drove me nuts because I'm like, all right, here we go. There's the big boot and then the leg drop. And you know what I mean? But they didn't have much else. John Cena is the same way. John had five moves of doom, we call it. The five moves of doom? Yep. You're taught to get five moves of like doom. Like a signature move, kind of? Or just they're, that's they're, your classic sequence or something? It's like moves you can do with anybody. Mine was always that pinch, like a Mr. Spock pinch. <laughs> oh, the, the Vulcan neck. The Vulcan neck. Yeah, I mean, and the crowd went mild. <laughs> <laughs> they went mild. The crowd went mild. Crowd went mild. Now, now, you actually made up a move, right? Or you invented the, a move. The Southern, Southern Cross. Southern Cross. Yeah. Now, how, what is that? How does that work? It's a leg lock, so I tie your legs up and then just flip you over and sit on the back of your neck. Oh, and, nail on the back. And of your if someone—it's like a reverse camel clutch, right? Yes, and but with the legs. Yeah, and someone who's actually in that—are they in a lot of pain? If I wanted them to be, okay. So it's designed where you have the ability to. Yeah, because I normally give them. They're, a on, they're on their stomach. No, they're on their neck slash upper. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're they're chest. face down. Yeah. Okay. I'm just. But their legs picture. are way up in the air, and I'm bending them back. Is it like, uh, what was Jericho's move? It's like the sharpshooter, like what Bret Hart used to do. Okay. Except I use more of my upper body and not my legs to apply it. Got to see it. Right. Well, maybe Scotty, you could just lay down and let him right? apply that we'll, to you. We'll all practice the moves <laughs> when we're done. Hollywood, it's always a good time to bring out. We've got uh, we've got a little thing that we like to call the third rail, which are okay. quick fire questions to you. Um, also, what Scotty calls his dingus. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to ride the rails? <laughs> Don't think about it. You just answer questions as soon as you can. Well, it's funny. I try to make them pertain to the person, but I feel like I would know all your answers, just knowing, getting to know you that a little bit I did. All right. <laughs> this is so <laughs> captivating. <laughs> okay, fine. Let's get it. All right, here okay, we well, go. Well, I mean, like the first one. What is your favorite body part? I think I can name his favorite body part of himself, right? Of myself? Oh, of I, yourself. What do you think? I'd like to know. My yeah, hair. Well, I would say hair. Is that what you were yeah. saying? No, no. I was thinking something in the you southern can say region. It. Oh. oh, yeah. Like that's that's what I guess. Oh. He's not called chaos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like you baby make, arm. You make your, is, you make your money with your baby arm. Like right. you're you're taught as a as a bad guy, a cocky bad guy. You do everything with your dick, everything with your dick. Sorry, I'm derailing. Rick Rude and Gene Simmons. Gene Simmons actually developed this train of thought for a cocky guy because cocky rock Gene and rollers. Do you mean like yes. to, when you say do everything with your dick, you have to act like you're just the sexual master? So or your something? dick leads you into a room. Your dick plays the guitar for you. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to expose yourself. You know I what I mean? I do not have the right genitalia. <laughs> <laughs> now, how many fingers does your dick have? How is it working the fretboard? I, it's strumming I been... and holding chords down. Right. Is it also? I have a guitar. Singing? I'm when I get back. I gotta get my guitar. I'll show you guys later see how that works. Can, yeah. I gotta see what it can do. I don't know. <laughs> it's amazing. I, I go overseas and Japanese people say Godzilla. <laughs> how many tattoos do you have? Seven. What's the most defining one for you? Probably the one on my leg. What is it? It's a salsa recipe. <laughs> oh, it's, it's my original it's a, gimmick. I was originally the superstar. Oh, Xavier yeah. Star with barbed wire on it. Oh. How long? How long was it before you changed the gimmick? Just three years ago. Okay. Huh. Wow. When, when I came, recent. Yes. When I came back from wrestling, I was still doing. Superstar was more like Shawn Michaels. 
You know what I mean? More yep. of a cocky, pretty boy. And uh, one of my buddies was like, because we dressed up for Halloween and I dressed up like Brett Michaels. Mm. And he's like, dude, you could be a Brett Michaels impersonator. Awesome. You know, and he's mm-hmm. like, dude, I dare you. He's like, I'll give you 60 bucks. If for the next show, you just go full glam. glam. Oh, that's great. There you oh, go. Nice. No and I'm like, it's never going to work. Like, you know what I mean? Like, nobody likes glam anymore. So I did it. And the rest is Love history. It. But Love it's nostalgic it. because yeah. you're you're probably getting a lot of that generation that comes to the show. Yes. But that's how it happened. It's all it was all a fluke. Wow. So seventeen guide. years of superstar and then three years basically of glam, of, of glam god. Yeah. Huh. Wow, that's awesome. Really? All right. Are you ticklish? Um no. Sure. If you were, would that be a move? Yeah. That would that, that would be a shitty move. Yeah. The tickler. The, the tickler. The next time you rebrand yourself, you're the tickle monster. <laughs> that would be such a WWE I thing. Know, right? like, oh, oh, he's making his way to the ring. It's the tickler. <laughs> he's French. The French tickler. It's more of a finishing move. He wears he wears a beret. <laughs> He's a, the he, French tickler, my God, he's in there. His opponents are tapping out in laughter. The armpits, the crotch. The, oh, he's got the backside of the foot. <laughs> the backside of the foot. <laughs> I think we just got a highlight reel. I don't right. know. Well, uh, what poster did you have when you were growing up? Poster? Poster in your bedroom. Han Solo. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Very nice. Yes. Finish the sentence. I cannot live without my children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good, great, good answer. Good answer. Where's the most random place a fan has recognized you? The most random place, a men's room of all places at a gas station at a quick trip up in Merrill, Wisconsin, or down in Merrill, Wisconsin. Mm. It was weird though. Like it's like you're taking a piss at the urinal, and all of a sudden you hear, "Hey, are you a glam god?" <laughs> <laughs> God, I hope he means wrestling. <laughs> I hope he being means recognized. Wrestling. And it has that creepy, you know, like Northwoods, like, hey, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I turned, I pointed to my nards and said, what do you think? <laughs> I am now. Favorite drink? Favorite drink, Diet Coke. But if it's alcoholic vodka. Favorite album of all time? Oh, that is a hard question. Winnie the Pooh goes to the park. <laughs> are you even, are you I a glam even, rock guy? I mean, that, is I'm, that your... I'm all over. Okay. But like when I when I hear like greatest albums, so many. Astro Creep 2000 is probably one of the best. Ooh, albums nice. Of all time. I have no idea what that. I is. don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. White uh, Zombie. Oh, oh, there you go. Okay. okay. But I mean, like, there's also the Beatles and Elvis. Eclectic sure. taste. I'm very yeah. eclectic. Uh, what's your guilty pleasure? <laughs> Punching babies. <laughs> yeah. How far can we go on this podcast, right. Mike? As far as you want to go. It puts the lotion on his skin. Yeah, that's right. Or it gets the hose again. <laughs> My guilty pleasure is probably watching those comic book teeny bopper shows on HBO Max. Huh. Like uh, Teen Titans. Okay. You know what I mean? They're, they're like comic book shows, but they're like written like they're Dawson's Creek, where it's like, no, we just had sex last week. Okay, let's go fight the Joker. <laughs> I didn't see that Dawson Creek episode. <laughs> Next time, Dawson's Creek. <laughs> the Joker. <laughs> yep. Uh, what song do you sing in the shower? Uh, I sing Elvis most in the shower. 
hunk a hunk of burning love. <laughs> nice. In the ghetto. <laughs> and his mama cried. If you were an animal, what would you be? A dog. Why? They're awesome. Because they're they awesome. awesome. Everybody loves them. For sure. You can sleep all day. You can hump whenever you want. <laughs> sounds, yeah, like, bones dog. sounds like Kramer. Kramer <laughs> dog. Kramer dog. All right, one more. Finish this phrase. The way to my heart is... Being a nerd. Oh, I love it. Oh, is that right? No, because I'm an old school nerd. Between the wrestling and like He-Man and Star Wars growing up. Like I told my kids, by no means was I like a dork in high school, but I got a lot of shit for liking comic books in the 90s. Now that's popular. And I say it, I say it, Thaddeus. I'm like, you know how much shit I took so that Disney could be making millions of dollars feeding you superhero shows? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so here's the deal. Let's pause the tape a little bit here. Yeah. We're gonna. Can you do a quick promo for where people can learn more about you? So if people want to find the Glam God on social media, where do they go? So it's channel 79 on YouTube. Uh, you can just search Jay Johnston on Facebook and uh, Instagram. I mainly do the social medias. I don't have a page, but that's where you can find me. I'm also wrestling for Now That's Wrestling and our W... I do occasional stints for ACW and some other promotions around the state. And uh, now that's wrestling. Like now that's music. Now that's wrestling. Oh. That's actually my favorite promotion to work for. Nice. It's very sports entertainment. How long do you get to keep that belt? Whenever somebody's man enough to beat me. Oh, yeah. so it's, it's not yours to keep? Well, I mean, I could get a second one, but... But it gets passed around. Eventually, someone's going to take yeah, the belt from you. The it's, it's all about the promoter. Because I'm a heel. I'm supposed to be a bad guy for him, but I get more cheers than some of the... Yeah. <laughs> it's all when he decides. So he decides it's good for the story. So and this to, belt... And to bring heat. This belt, I'm the first NRW Breakthrough Champion. He did a tournament, so I'm having a run right now to establish it. So it's going to be given to whoever may need it. It's and, like the inter- Intercontinental Belt. You always have one guy running with it who, like Mr. Perfect or Rick Rude or somebody who can connect with the fans and be that obstacle until somebody who needs the push, who needs the, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't get it. Okay, so this was from my childhood not understanding this. You had the Hulk Hogan, the World Wrestling Federation heavyweight champion, right? Was there a weight associated with it or not? I think it just said world. Just world world champion, right? Then you had the, the tag team belts. Okay, makes sense to me, two dudes. Right? Yep. Then you had the Intercontinental. The fuck so, was that? So that's the mid-card belt. The Intercontinental was what we call the workers title. Okay. So in not as prestigious. They had to do I, more matches. I actually like the Intercontinental belt more than the okay. world title. With these with these mid-card belts, you're gonna get way more intense matches than uh the main event because the promoter wants to protect his main event stars. Mm-hmm. So that's why you're going to get guys who do the five moves of doom. But I mean, WWE or WWF only had three. They had the tag, like you said, the right. Intercontinental. There were promotions in the eighties that had like nine. There was like the junior heavyweight world champion, the TV champion, the best Baker championship belt. Seriously, <laughs> seriously. Like anything they could try to make money off of. Cause a title title matches always drew more than you know what i mean yeah mm-hmm. it's inherently got more heat see mm-hmm. see i did that yeah <laughs> have you ever have you ever cut yourself in the ring ever oh, bled yeah. in the ring w- Wait, where you have the razor blade on you and you I've, purposely yeah, I've, I've gigged a few times you call it that's gigging. what it is gig yeah. no way uh, so you legitimately take a razor and cut yourself yep do you have a scar from it uh, right the goal is to cut between the it's under my headband but i have a little scar on my forehead Get out. Get out. what's from- the most extreme match you've been involved in it was called a Hell on Earth match. 
they barricaded the entryway. I was in a group called the Body Stars. Okay. So none of the other Body Stars could come down to help me. But then it was a hardcore match. So, so like, anything goes. Anything goes. What does that mean? So it's like you can use weapons and falls count anywhere. So you get pinned outside the ring. Yep. But what you kind hit of- each other with garbage cans and things like that. Everybody has their limit. Like of what they're ex- like, I do not do any of the deathmatch bullshit. What is that? A deathmatch is the stupidest thing you can get involved with. But a, what a deathmatch is is that's when you see like guys with light bulbs in the ring, oh. like, like light bulb to yeah, like fluorescent. Yes. What about tax? Oh, that's deathmatch. And those are yeah. real. Those are real. That's, ta- all, that's so all real. Like you haven't gotten this far, but in that wrestlers documentary on Netflix, the mother and daughter. Do yeah, a match like that. They the do it towards oh. the end. They do a death match. Yeah. I think they call it. And it's crazy. and they're it's bloodying cool. themselves with tax. Right, and you know it's like it's like music. There's there's a following for deathmatch <sighs> shit, but I don't think it takes talent because right now all of us could just hit each other with light tubes. You know what I mean? And I think in that match. documentary, that's what Al Snow said. He said something about not liking the death matches because he didn't think they were. There's no psychology. I mean, yeah. It, and the level of danger you put your body into. Mm-hmm. There's a wrestler named Nick Gage, who's like a very famous deathmatch wrestler. Somebody broke a light tube over his head, but as it came down, it severed mm. his carotid. And oh, both arteries. Both, both arteries. He's alive for the grace that somebody choked him. Like they tied a t-shirt around his neck. A hel- they had Fuck to fly off. in a fucking helicopter. But yeah, they they choked him out. Oh my god! Good Whoa. lord! Good lord! Man. Yeah, so I see why that's not talent. That's just gore. I got right. I'm not doing that. It's this just afternoon. crazy. <laughs> it, it's my like, plans are canceled as right. right now. I had a death match. <laughs> I used to do hardcore, not anymore. I mean, if it's a huge payday, I'll do another hardcore match. But what, what about it? cage match? Cage matches are fun, actually. There's, I'll do cage matches. I've done one before. Okay. Does a cage match pay more than a regular match? It can. Because it depends where you are on the card. Like uh, most boys on the indie scene get paid the same unless you're a bigger name. Like Joey Avalon is a huge name in the state right now. Backwoods Brown, he wrestles around here a lot too. But it, it's really dependent on where you are on the card. And you're not going to get those matches if you're not higher up on the, the card. And what I mean by the card is the order that the match mm-hmm. Like the main event the is the top right. of the card. Right. There's, and there's two you want. You either want the main event or you want the first match. You'd Why set, the first? Because you set the tone. You said, "There you go." Uh, ah, see, I know what I'm doing. What are we interviewing you, Kramer? I want to be a manager. <laughs> That's awesome. I would like to be a. I want to be a manager. For the hard ones. Where the hard you ones would be a good manager second. for because I want to be the guy like that. Because I always notice there's guys who are really good wrestlers, but they need the manager to be the microphone guy for them. I have a manager. You do? Yes. I mean, it adds an extra layer of heat. Is he imaginary? That would be a sweet gimmick. Oh, <laughs> you have an imaginary manager. <laughs> Kurt here handles all my business affairs. There's no, no one standing there. We did a match called the Imagination Chamber, and that was awesome. <laughs> but, by the way, Double G, you're talking to two guys who were on a softball team, and we came up with our own entry music when the guys would walk to the plate. <laughs> <laughs> and the other team was like, what kind of league did we join? What, what, is that? Is what awesome. song was it? Careless Whisper. It was Rocket Queen by we had Guns N' Roses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, Careless Whisper would have been amazing. <laughs> No, a Dodgers a Dodgers player did that like five, six years serious? ago. That was his walking music. And he'd saunter up to the box, dragging his bat behind him as a saxophone music <laughs> That is amazing. That's yeah. awesome. That was great. Well, it's... Wait, one more question. What would you make in a, like a weekend? Like if you do a gig, what would be... How much would you make? So if the other boys are listening, 
I really can't. Oh, you say. can't yeah, say. Don't. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry. But, I'm no, sorry. No, 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 I just, why don't you? I'm, can I'm we, so embarrassed for how my about friends. this? This is just out of curiosity because you're such a wrestling fan and, and you know the history. Can you give us a Mount Rushmore? My personal Mount Rushmore. Holy shit! Hulk Hogan and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Stone Cold. Yes. Have you met either of them? Yes. Both of them. Yep. Both of them. Stone Cold broke his neck in a pile driver. Yes. And Stone Cold before that broken neck was an amazing worker. Amazing. Mm. But it really limited him afterwards. But then I'd probably go with uh, Macho Man and Shawn Michaels also. Did you ever meet Macho Man? Yes. That is a crazy story about Macho Man. Oh, tell us about Macho Man because he's no longer with us, right? I was dating a girl in the early 2000s and her parents had a timeshare in Florida, Clearwater, Florida. They're like, oh, yeah, you you might see some of the wrestlers because Hulk lives here and Macho lives here. I was actually, you know, still smoking at the time. So I was down in the garage smoking a cigarette and I heard... Mind if you get the door for me, brother? <laughs> so he was talking like that. I got two bags he of talks like that. here. He talks like that in real life because it was oh my like God. a timeshare and he lived in that building. And here he has all these bags, like two boxed Franzia wines. And he was just, <laughs> I can't get the door, man. You mind? Wow. Was he with Miss Elizabeth? No. <laughs> that's, that's when he was dating that blonde stripper in the early 2000s. I don't wow. know. Miss Elizabeth is no longer with us either. No, Lex Luger killed her. Oh. I did not know that. Yes. Well, that was the theory. Wait, he murdered her or she overdosed? She, she was overdosed, overdosed, but he kept feeding her the drugs. Fudge. Yeah. Which is why Macho Man hated Lex, Lex Luger. Luger yep. Yeah. And Lex Luger, he's pretty much in a wheelchair. He's wheelchair bound now. That he, guy was huge a, and now he's tiny. Yes. He is. He looks like he's shriveled. There's yeah. all the steroids, guys. Paul Orndorfer. What steroids do? Yeah, I don't know. He, well, theoretically, they make you bigger, but then when you stop, well, Bobby Heenan got cancer. Them. I think. I met Bobby right before he died. Yeah. Mouth, really? Wow. No, mouth of the south was Bobby Heenan. He's still alive. I yeah, think. mouth of the south is dead. Jimmy, Jimmy Hart. Hart. Oh, he's he's around. Yeah, because he still does promos with Hulk Hogan down yeah. in. Cl- so I think it's down interesting you didn't name like Ric Flair as one of the Mount Rushmore guys. Because Ric Flair of- is amazing, but it's just in my opinion, he was always Ric Flair and he never evolved. Yeah, true. Macho yeah. had different gimmicks throughout the years. Hogan went from Hulk to Hollywood. He had the biggest heel turn of right. all time. Sean did something unheard of where he got hurt, took five years off, and came back, and it was like he didn't miss a beat, and he's back in the main events. Mm-hmm. And Stone Cold, you can't discount because my freaking God. If you were alive Legend. in the late 90s and early Legend. 2000s. Well, he was also starting. Like, biggest I remember draw. he was like Hollywood blondes, and then he's like this badass redneck. Right, but, but I mean, in the late 90s, you didn't have to be a wrestling fan to know who Stone Cold was. Right. right. Probably the biggest draw in WWE history, I would, oh, definitely. I would think, right? Definitely. I think I've seen Vince say that. And he kept the whole organization of float almost single-handedly oh yeah during that time when wcw the attitude era the monday night wars they called it yeah, yeah. take that hollywood yeah <laughs> she's like i have no idea what words mean. i have I no idea what they're talking about I'm what about sorry. the rock he's close not close no nah, i think don't get me wrong he's drawn a lot more money than i ever could but i think he's a one-trick pony mm-hmm. what about john cena same same, same deal. Thing. I think he's a, a one trick pony. I think he's a younger generation though. Yeah. Like my son, true, loves John Cena. So does my son. Yeah. Like, he's but they don't know that Cena. generation. They don't Probably know not. the draw of that era. Right. You know, my son does to a little extent because I expose him to it. But when you say one trick pony, you mean like they only have one move, or what do you? No, that they the persona is one dimensional. Yeah, it's just like they do the same, same thing, thing, and they always have the same type of feud. The same type of opponent, mm-hmm. because that's what 
that's the formula to make them look good. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. Where I like working outside the box. I've wrestled girls before. You know, I've wrestled guys bigger than me, littler than me. What about Undertaker? That guy's been around forever. Oh, God. He's, he's he just came back. But he's, he's also, a, he's also I guess, kind of a one-trick pony in a way. But yeah, he's but been he's, around forever. He's on a different scale. He's, a, he's like probably the guy holding Mount Rushmore up. Like, Taker, I mean, he started an Old West Undertaker gimmick. Like, come on. Like that, like that'll ever take just off. Just like what it's not going to take off as well as the we actually word. have a <laughs> we we actually have a uh, mutual friend who used to like um oh put, he he put, did put braces. Knee braces on him yeah like, he worked for a them. brace company or something and they really he had to get fitted yeah but just think of what Undertaker's body has gone through all these years and he is still wrestling at his age I mean that's insane because he didn't take a ton of risks. A lot of it was more storyline yep. than there was actual probably wrestling. And maybe that. one of the best entrances ever. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. You hear that, everybody goes, goes crazy. crazy. You the, know exactly. The room goes dark. Yeah. I'll tell you what. There's a total difference going to a live show from back in the day till now. Because occasionally, when WWE comes to town, they will contact some of us workers to either come be seat fillers or uh, backstage extras. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And recently we were seat fillers. And what I mean by seat filler is you sit in places so that the crowd looks full. Looks full. If somebody gets up to take a piss or go whatever on camera. So we went to a recent one and it's just so weird not seeing the flashbulbs. When, oh. they, when they enter. When because they people enter, have camera, they have their phones instead. Because they have camera phones. Uh, but there was just there's just something, huh. a different aesthetic. Because I was at WrestleMania 18 when Hogan and Rock fought. Great match. And... The flashbulbs, they just add something to it. Right. At a live. Do you have an entrance? Oh, yeah. That's like that that theme song plays, and I'll come down shaking my ass. Yeah. And it depends how much heat I want to get, of how feminine I act. Uh, Okay. Like, I will sit on guys' laps. It's it's fun. (laughs) It gets them so mad. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know why. That's like, what? We're just playing tummy sticks. (laughs) I I think I high five Goldberg in the 90s. I was ringside at a WWE event, or maybe it was WCW at the time. I'm not sure, but that made my whole decade. I'm pretty sure. I was Goldberg like, is awesome. Oh, I told everybody. I'm still telling you. I, I find Goldberg. Be, he may not be the best worker, but he's still working. They bring him in for well, Brock Lesnar, right? Yeah. They need some somebody his size and legendary still has a to good come body. In. Yeah, Virgil. Dude, <laughs> Virgil. That's a whole other rabbit hole. If you that, want to take some time and yeah. explore some cavernous rabbit holes, look up Virgil from WWF and he, just read away. Well, you, you can he, donate. Did you see where he was last week? No. He's I don't still know. working? No. He oh. just shows up places right. and tries to sell you his autograph Set for up $20. His merch. Set up, and then he yells at you and fights with you if you won't buy it. Yes. Oh, but guy. one of the boys in one of our group chats on Facebook shared a picture of him. He set up right on Vince McMahon's Hollywood star and was harassing everybody. Walking <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's just it's bizarre story, dude. Well, you know what? I think it's a good time to introduce our sponsors. Real quick, and then we go to the famous last question. Excellent. By Hambone. So, uh, but first, we all know we go to the magic closet. Wait, we go to the magic closet. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kind of just sounded like you were having a stroke. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't do it nearly as good as Hambone does. (laughs) All right. Great Lakes Distillery and Natural Solutions by Nicole. Here we go. No one knows what happens in that closet. Okay, yeah. so theater of the mind for people listening to this, he's actually going to a closet. Yeah, yeah it's the magic closet. No one knows what's in there. I, I maintain it's small Haitian children fashioning <laughs> fabrics for Scotty's <laughs> website, but 
Oh my goodness! Is, is, are one of those beds gonna fall out? It's as magical as you would think it is. Oh, look at the aura of lights emanating. It's a sight to behold. It's like a, really. it's more like a portal. We gotta there's, take out those margarita glasses. Who needs sometimes? a case of tiny condoms? There is a fine array of lubes and lotions up there too. Mm-hmm. Right, Havoline. Oh, you still got a Zook and Lou hat in there. All right. Back from the magic closet. Hell yeah. It smells delicious over here. Well, you, you had mentioned that you are a vodka fan. Yes. So from our friends at uh, Great Lakes Distillery, the infamous Rayhorse Vodka. Oh, that is amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Bottle for you. Excellent. Shout out to Great Lakes, who takes very good care of us and especially our guests. So yep, absolutely. Thank lovely. you, Great Lakes. Yeah, deliciousness yeah. abounds. And as we were talking earlier about Nicole from Natural Solutions by Nicole. All of these handcrafted, and I have a bag that matches your boa here. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, everything from skin creams. Do they, to, will they work on my taint? They will work anywhere. <laughs> they have eye creams, foot creams, foot balm. <laughs> so we're going to send you home with some uh, some great gifts from Natural Solutions by Nicole. Awesome. Thank you, Nicole. Very Nicole's good. awesome. Yep. Oh, yeah. Was original fan of the show, and... I don't know where we had a bunch of things that showed up. So here no, we go. Our lack good. of listeners is driving our business yeah. back to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Of, we gotta get, do we have to get any more fan mail? I mean, that's obviously we haven't done a show in forever, but there were some good ones in the yeah, past. We did get some good ones in the past. It's been a while. Like, when are you doing your next show? There you go. There you go. <laughs> I get that question all over Sitka. Yeah. Oh, all over Sitka. I know. I know. But you know what? We're dedicated to it, and we're making our comeback. So We're back uh, at it. That's funny. And now it's time for our famous last question. Of course, uh, Hambone, bring it. Curious as I am about all these things, and I know my associates here are also curious, what would be your last meal? Walk us through your last meal from maybe appetizer, cocktail... Soup salad. Like, okay. like, if I, like if I knew I was going to die. My Correct. Last meal. Let's put it this way. You're on death row and you're right. going to the chair. Yeah. Death row. And they're taking your order. right? You now. do not need to worry about what happens intestinally tomorrow. <laughs> okay. For an appetizer, I would definitely want fair cheese curds. Woo. Specifically fair cheese curds. Yeah. From right. State Fair. From yeah. State Fair. Are they deep fried or are they yes. just oh, regular? Yeah. Yeah. regular? Okay. I, don't so, know. I do not like the cheese curds that have that weird breading. Yeah. Like it, it has to be f- like the the fair, fair one, bread. yeah. You right. Know what I mean, yeah. No. Yep. All right. So we uh, some deep fried cheese curds, and yep. that leads into the the main course would probably be a wagyu steak. Yeah. Nice. Do you know what cut? Ribeye, porterhouse. Oh, definitely a ribeye. Ribeye. Okay. Yes. Ribeye. Good call. Yep. Good call. Are you having any soup? No, not soup. And I like this tossed salad. So, that, but that can be. Whoa! Go back to the steak. How you can have it cooked? Definitely medium rare on the rarer side. Okay. okay. With some uh, garlic mashed potatoes. Good. Ooh, nice. Veg? Probably broccoli. Okay. Mm. Steamed? Yes. Baked? Okay, steamed. steamed. For dessert? Please. Uh, Best part of the meal? Probably like just a great creme brulee. I love creme brulee. Creme brulee. Yeah. Awesome. Flowers, chocolate very, cake, creme brulee. Those are my two go-to. That's go-to. very, very close to what my last meal would be. Yeah. I think mm. you've got it. Now. What about drink? Drink? Oh, if, if it's my last meal... I'll be a, like the skull vodka that Dan Aykroyd. That Dan Aykroyd, yes. Got some over there. Love it. Nice. Like an entire bottle, so I'm, I, you know what I mean, good and wasted. Yeah. Well, we'll yeah. pull those things together and mm-hmm. take you to the shallow grave by the side of the road next weekend. <laughs> now we're going to take you to phase two of the interview. <laughs> we have another podcast we don't publish called Cats We Killed. <laughs> You'll be one of those cats. All right. Any last questions for Glam God? No, just, I, just make, I got my, my top. I just, I'm very appreciative you guys had me on. This was 
fun. We okay. might have you back because this was just like so much fun. I this do want to say I had fun and like the joking, but to people out there listening, I'm 42 years old. Never second guess yourself with your age because I got back into it at 39 Woo! Nice. and I'm still getting booking. So you're not too old to accomplish dreams or make shit happen. You're yeah. still crushing that is awesome. it, man. That no is regrets. Awesome. No regrets. No regrets. And Trainwreck, uh, thank you for uh, for coming today because, uh, again, it's been a long time. I'm just happy to see some faces it's that I haven't while. seen in a long time. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so thank you to our sponsors, uh, Great Lakes Distillery and Natural Solutions by Nicole. Thank you to the Glam God for flying in here to Sitka, Alaska. And and thank you to all of our Trainwreck fans and listeners out there. Until next time, Trainwreck out. See ya. Woo! Thank you for listening to this episode of the Monthly Trainwreck. And thank you to our sponsors, Great Lakes Distillery in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and Natural Solutions by Nicole. Please subscribe on either iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Google Podcasts to listen for our next Extraordinary Interview by Four Ordinary People. Make sure to check out our website, monthlytrainwreck.com. We are soon to be your favorite podcast.